Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ah, if we had but the power to recall them. Before us would unfold the forgotten story of the lost eons that have preceded us. We might even walk with God in the garden of his stars, while man was still but a budding idea within his mind. Gek descended into the burrow at a steep incline for some ten feet, when he found himself in an elaborate and delightful network of burrows that Kaldane was elated. This, indeed, was life. He moved rapidly and fearlessly and he went as straight to his goal as you could to the kitchen of your own home. This goal lay at a low level in a spheroidal cavity about the size of a large barrel. Here, in a nest of torn bits of silk and fur, lay six baby ulcios. When the mother returned, there were but five babies and a great spider-like creature, which she immediately sprang to attack only to be met by powerful keely which seized and held her so that she could not move. Slowly they dragged her throat toward a hideous mouth, and in a little moment she was dead. Gek might have remained in the nest for a long time, since there was ample food for many days, but he did not do so. Instead he explored the burrows. He followed them into many subterranean chambers of the city of Manator, and upward through walls to rooms above the ground. He found many ingeniously devised traps and he found poisoned food and other signs of the constant battle that the inhabitants of Manator waged against these repulsive creatures that dwelt beneath their homes and public buildings. His exploration revealed not only the vast proportions of the network of runways that apparently traversed every portion of the city, but the great antiquity of the majority of them. Tons upon tons of dirt must have been removed, and for a long time he wondered where it had been deposited until in following downward a tunnel of great size and length he sensed before him the thunderous rush of subterranean waters and presently came to the bank of a great underground river tumbling onward no doubt the length of a world to the buried sea of omin into this torrential sewer had unthinkable generations of ulcios pushed their few handfuls of dirt in the excavating of their vast labyrinth for only a moment did Gek tarry by the river, for his seemingly aimless wanderings were in reality prompted by a definite purpose, and this he pursued with vigor and singleness of design. He followed such runways as appeared to terminate in the pits or other chambers of the inhabitants of the city, and these he explored, usually from the safety of a burrow's mouth, until satisfied that what he sought was not there. 
He moved swiftly upon his spider legs and covered remarkable distances in short periods of time. His search not being rewarded with immediate success, he decided to return to the pit where his rykor lay chained and look to its wants. As he approached the end of the burrow that terminated in the pit, he slackened his pace, stopping just within the entrance of the runway that he might scan the interior of the chamber before entering it. As he did so, he saw the figure of a warrior appear suddenly in an opposite doorway. The rykor sprawled upon the table, his hands groping blindly for more food. Ghek saw the warrior pause and gaze in sudden astonishment at the rykor. He saw the fellow's eyes go wide and an ashen hue replace the copper bronze of his cheek. He stepped back as though someone had struck him in the face. For an instant only he stood thus, as in a paralysis of fear. Then he uttered a smothered shriek and turned and fled. Again was it a catastrophe that Ghek the Kaldane could not smile? Quickly entering the room he crawled to the tabletop and affixed himself to the shoulders of his rykor, and there he waited. And who may say that Ghek, though he could not smile, possessed not a sense of humor? For a half hour he sat there, and then there came to him the sound of men approaching along corridors of stone. He could hear their arms clank against the rocky walls, and he knew that they came at a rapid pace, but just before they reached the entrance to his prison they paused and advanced more slowly. In the lead was an officer, and just behind him, wide-eyed and perhaps still a little ashen, the warrior who had so recently departed in haste. At the doorway they halted, and the officer turned sternly upon the warrior. With upraised finger he pointed at Ghek. There sits the creature. Didst thou dare lie then to thy dwar? I swear, cried the warrior, that I spoke the truth. But a moment since the thing groveled, headless, upon this very table. And may my first ancestor strike me dead upon the spot if I speak other than a true word." The officer looked puzzled. The men of Mars seldom, if ever, lie. He scratched his head. Then he addressed Ghek. "'How long have you been here?' he asked. "'Who knows better than those who placed me here and chained me to a wall?' he returned in reply. "'Saw you this warrior enter here a few minutes since?' "'I saw him,' replied Ghek. "'And you sat there where you sit now?' continued the officer. "'Look thou to my chain, and tell me then where else I might sit,' cried Ghek. "'Art the people of thy city all fools?' Three other warriors pressed behind the two in front, craning their necks to view the prisoner while they grinned at the discomfiture of their fellow. The officer scowled at Ghek. "'Thy tongue is as venomous as that of the Shebanth Otar sent to the towers of Jitan,' he said. "'You speak of the young woman who was captured with me,' asked Ghek, his expressionless monotone and face revealing naught of the interest he felt. "'I speak of her,' replied the Dwar, and then turning to the warrior who had summoned him, "'Return to thy quarters, and remain there until the next games. Perhaps by that time thy eyes may have learned not to deceive thee.' The fellow cast a venomous glance at Ghek and turned away. The officer shook his head. I do not understand it, he muttered. Always has Uvan been a true and dependable warrior. Could it be, he glanced 
piercingly at Ghek. "'Thou hast a strange head that misfits thy body, fellow,' he cried. "'Our legends tell us of those ancient creatures that placed hallucinations upon the mind of their fellows. If thou be such, then, maybe Uvan suffered from thy forbidden powers. If thou be such, Otar will know well how to deal with thee.' He wheeled about and motioned his warriors to follow him. "'Wait!' cried Ghek. "'Unless I am to be starved, send me food.' "'You have had food,' replied the warrior. "'Am I to be fed but once a day?' asked Ghek. "'I require food oftener than that. Send me food.' "'You shall have food,' replied the officer. "'None may say that the prisoners of Manator are ill-fed. Just are the laws of Manator.' And he departed. No sooner had the sounds of their passing died away in the distance than Ghek clambered from the shoulders of his rykor and scurried to the burrow where he had hidden the key. Fetching it, he unlocked the fetter from about the creature's ankle, locked it empty, and carried the key farther down into the burrow. Then he returned to his place upon the brainless servitor. After a while he heard footsteps approaching, whereupon he rose and passed into another corridor from that down which he knew the warrior was coming. Here he waited out of sight, listening. He heard the man enter the chamber and halt. He heard a muttered exclamation, followed by the jangle of metal dishes as a salver was slammed upon the table, then rapidly retreating footsteps, which quickly died away in the distance. Ghek lost no time in returning to the chamber, recovering the key, relocking the rykor to his chain. Then he replaced the key in the burrow and squatting on the table beside his headless body directed its hands toward the food. While the rykor ate, Ghek sat listening for the scraping sandals and clattering arms that he knew soon would come. Nor had he long to wait. Ghek scrambled to the shoulders of his rykor as he heard them coming. Again it was the officer who had been summoned by Uban, and with him were three warriors. The one directly behind him was evidently the same who had brought the food, for his eyes went wide when he saw Ghek sitting at the table and he looked very foolish as the dwar turned his stern glance upon him. "'It is even as I said,' he cried. "'He was not here when I brought his food.' "'But he is here now,' said the officer grimly, "'and his fetter is locked about his ankle. Look, it has not been opened, but where is the key?' It should be upon the table at the end opposite him. Where is the key, creature? he shouted at Ghek. How should I, a prisoner, know better than my jailer the whereabouts of the key to my fetters, he retorted. But it lay here, cried the officer, pointing to the other end of the table. Did you see it? asked Ghek. The officer hesitated. No, but it must have been there, he parried. Did you see the key lying there? asked Ghek, pointing to another warrior. The fellow shook his head negatively. And you, and you, continued the Kaldane, addressing the others. They both admitted that they never had seen the key, and if it had been there, how could I have reached it, he continued. No, he could not have reached it, admitted the officer, but there shall be no more of this. Isav, you will remain here on guard with this prisoner until you are relieved. Isav looked anything but happy as this intelligence was transmitted to him, and he eyed Ghek suspiciously as the Dwar and the other warriors turned and left him to his unhappy lot. 
This is the end of The Chessmen and Mars, Chapter 12, recording by Tom Weiss.